Welcome to Bill of Drone Reviewer Podcast, Episode 29, Rotor Talk Live. Very special guest, Billy Kyle. Got that coming up next. Last night, Marcus Crawford and I hosted Rotor Talk Live, and we were privileged to have on Billy Kyle as our very special guest last night. We talked about a number of areas, including the iPhone 11, the proper tablet or smartphone for your drone, the state of affairs with DJI and their drones and drone releases, part 107s, and a whole lot more. So without any further ado, let's play that episode in its entirety. Good evening. Welcome to Rotor Talk Live Season 2, Episode 38. Very special guest, Billy Kyle, is in the house. We'll get to Billy in just a second. I'm joined by Mr. Marcus Crawford. Marcus, how are you this evening? Darn good, Bill. Uh, yeah, having a good day today. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Ron Brown is... Welcome to... Uh, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I... Gosh, this is... That's the first thing that I remember to do when I jump in is uh, mute the audio from YouTube. Yeah, so I, I mute it right on YouTube, right? That's the way I... And it's yeah. Where we are. I, yeah, I mute, muted it on YouTube. We're good now. Okay. Anyway, Billy, how are you this evening? Doing good, doing good. I just got back from class and... Uh, I've got I've got a whole ton of cleaning ahead of me. My my I, I just moved into a new place and it's a little bit different behind me. And I've kind of got like a little office space that I've still totally got to destroy and set up. <laughs> oh man, I don't. And so, are you a junior or senior? Senior. So it was my senior, my huh? last two semesters. I'm I'm very excited to be done. <laughs> oh, I was gonna trust me. I know the feeling, and I can mm-hmm. tell you this. Okay, for me, it's like, all right, you know, everybody talks about, oh, go get your master's degree. Oh, this, this, this. I'll tell you what, the moment I got my slip of paper says I'm done, I said, that's it. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm with you. You know, 100, 120%. We're done here. We're gone. Exactly. Really, a lot to talk about tonight. And one of the first things that I want to talk about, we're going to get to one of Billy's videos that it, it, it defines the word dope. Okay. <laughs> It really does define that word here. But one of the things I know, you know, the new iPhones has come out. You know, I know Billy and Ron and Marcus are getting theirs. And one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, a lot of people last week, what are you talking about iPhones for? Well, one of the things, and Marcus brought it up on one of his videos recently, uh, I think it was the Femi video, about how the app uses the processing power of uh, of of the iPhone. Um, Billy, I want to just get your thoughts on this right now. So here's the thing. I think that a phone is a vital tool when it comes to flying, um, whether it be your, your, your phone, whether it be your tablet, you've got to have something that you can fly off of. You can also get like for DJI, their smart controller, their, their integrated screens, um, and they work great. But for everybody, pr- probably 75% of the people flying drones, they're going to use their phone or their tablet. Um, now, for me, I know that there was two major things, well, probably one major thing that I was really running into when using my iPhone XS Max, and that's the battery life. I mean, I've used this thing to fly my drone. You can have the remotes sometimes charge up your mobile device, which is fine, but if you're flying something like a Mavic 2, the output is just not going to be strong enough to charge your phone, so it basically dies just a little bit slower when it's plugged in. Um, 
and if you're flying all day and, and you suck, you know, or, or you use two hours of, uh, of screen on time for the DJI Go app or whatever Explorer or the Altel Explorer app or whatever app you're going to be using, you know, that's a lot of battery life. And I find myself midway through the day look, saying, oh, wow, I'm at 20%. I've got to charge. So um, a big thing about the iPhone XS, what is it? The iPhone 11 Pro Max, that is the one I purchased. Um, it's going to have longer battery life, which is just great because that means I can fly longer. I don't have to continue to charge my phone. And I think that the bigger screen, like the 10s Max, this is a really good size screen to fly with, especially with the Mavic. It fits perfectly in the remote. Marcus, what about your thoughts? Yeah, well, so my, my I was thinking just like what Billy was, battery life is a big deal. So mm -hmm. I, I ordered the 11 Pro Max for the same reason. I, I've got a, a, a 10S right now. And if I'm out, boy, if I fly more than a couple of batteries, I better be plugging this thing in someplace to uh, to get it charged. Because evidently the Go4 app is must be pretty intensive. Well, and I typically am doing a screen recording too, so it uses up a lot of processing power and battery life. Hence the point of getting the most processing power that you can, as well as battery life. So I agree with Billy. I think uh, the Max for a drone flyer is probably a smart choice. Yeah, I, also, God, I no, see no. Um, uh, Gboy185 says that the iPhone 11 screen now has 1,200 nits. Um, I, I don't know the exact nit count. I actually think it might only be a thousand. If it's twelve hundred, that's great. But I mean, look, it's a very bright display now. They they've increased the the brightness on the display, so that's another win too. I mean, I know for me when I'm flying, I've got to like fly with my back to the sun so that I can use my body to to I guess cast a shadow over the screen so I can see what the hell I'm looking at. <laughs> I think Ken said something. You know, he had like it was like 800 900 sustained and it'll do like 1200 max i think that's okay what, that's what that's exactly what that is right. that's 1200 peak 800 sustained yeah yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah that's you know and, and one of the things you know and i went back and i revisited and i think billy and marcus i think you may remember rick smith put out a great series of videos on you know iphone versus android and you know the whole the whole debate about all that stuff and, you know, one of the things that he really emphasized, and I think this is something I think people need to understand, is the, the code base for the DJI Go 4 app, it's the same code base that's used by Apple, okay? And that's why there's such a seamless transition. But in, in saying that, though, I will say this, and in a pinch, I've used my Galaxy Note 8, um, you know, for example, I was out and for some reason my cable wasn't working but you know or my smart controller wasn't working but i had my backup i used my phone it's a seamless experience i had absolutely no problems and mm -hmm. the nice thing about it was it fit right in the grips of the mavic too i mean there was no yep. i had no no problems with that <laughs> whatsoever so you know and i know this is one of those debates i think that's going to go on and on and on forever about stuff um it's hey, just it's one of those things I got, I got a question for both of you. So yeah. uh, I, I've got an iPad mini four that I've used quite a bit. And I've noticed lately since some of the updates in the go for app, and, and it may even be updates with the Mavic too, as well. I don't know. But I noticed that even my uh, iPad mini four 
is getting a little bit laggy once in a while, particularly if I'm doing a screen recording at the same <clears> time. And it never used to do that. So it tells me that, that there must be something that's using more resources. Well, you know, um, I used to have the Mini 4 pretty much dedicated strictly for flying, but I got really frustrated with it because I continued to get a notification in the top left corner saying that my CPU was overloaded. Um, I mean, I would have to make sure that all of my apps were were closed in the background. I couldn't even have like photos or messages open. I had to close every single app other than the DJI Go app, um, and then it would work fine. But just like you said, if you want to screen record and if you want to also fly at the same time, you can forget about it because it's gonna it's gonna come back laggy. Um, so I sold that. I bought the iPad Mini Five, and that's been a much better experience because it's got the upgraded internals. Um, but I mean, it it. It really fell off quick. I bought the iPad Mini 4 probably when um, it, it must have been like a year after the Mavic Pro came out and it was working fine. But just like you said, as updates came out for both iOS as well as the DJI Go app, it just kind of fell off. Well, you know, Billy, that's a good thing that you brought. I, I bought mine after I watched a video by Ed Ricker when, when, he, when he talked about, about the 4. And I said, you know what? I've had the same thing with mine. And now finally I've got my 4 paid off. And I'm gonna I'm gonna upgrade to a five because mm-hmm. I need that extra product. Because like you said, you shut everything else down, it's okay. But the thing that really kicks me is when I'm doing a screen recording, that thing lags so far behind, it's like nobody's business. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just atrocious, you know, trying to trying to keep up with all that stuff. Okay. One of the other things that I want to talk about, and we're gonna get we're gonna to get to this video, and trust me, you know, when I use the word dope, it doesn't even begin to describe this video <laughs> that, that Billy that Billy's gonna go, Billy's gonna show us. Um, you know, you're graduating next year, which is which is mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic, and you know, hearty congratulations because I'll Thank tell you, you. What, it's uh, trust me. After having gone through college, I know what it's like, and when you're done, you're done. Okay, for me, I can't I, wait. You're the same way. Okay. What are your plans post graduation? Um, you know, continue your drone business, um, YouTube. What, what do you? What are you? What are your thoughts about that? It's gonna be. It's gonna be a mixture of both. It's gonna be what I'm doing right now. Um, I find that being able to do my drone business outside of YouTube and you know outside of college not only gives me a lot of real world experience, but it also um, you know it, it it allows me to support myself i've only got like rent that i've got to pay there's not many bills to pay but in terms of the clients that i have right now they seem to be growing and it's funny because uh i'll sit here and i'll my phone will ring and i'll pick it up and it's somebody i've never talked to calling about drone services like one of the most random calls that i've gotten is um this company in my area that builds ponds and they want drone photos of their ponds and it's just cool to be able to grow to to grow that um clientele base. So after college, I do want to continue to YouTube and, and, and do my drone business on the side. Um, maybe more YouTube on the side and the drone business will be uh, my biggest thing. But yeah, uh, another thing that, that I've, I've kind of been talking about on my channel recently is agriculture. I've been trying to partner up with a lot of farmers. I think that out of all of these different industries, agriculture is one of the biggest areas where drones are going to have, I guess, the biggest impact because they can, they can scan an entire field in minutes. It can process in maybe an hour, and you've got a really great top-down view of your entire field. You can view the elevation as well as the plant health, and that saves you days, potentially weeks, of going and combing over 40 to 50 acres. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my plan after college. Uh, and I, I think that, um, you know, I think that's something that I'm doing right now. Uh, and I don't mean any disrespect to the kids that I go to school with, but – 
I, I go into these classes and, and kids that don't have the real world experience, they kind of fall behind. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I feel like I'm sitting here and I'm learning some of the things in class. I don't know where I would be without the real world experience I've gotten because I feel like that's in a way what's, what's taught me the most. So I'm, I'm really fortunate for being able to kind of, uh, I don't know, do this on the side. Well, you know, that's, you know, and, and I think one of the things you really hit something good with the agricultural thing, because I know, um, you know, I know, especially in Pennsylvania, I don't know about New Jersey, but I think you probably saw some of Ron's, I don't know if you saw any of Ron's videos lately when he went back to where he's from and he showed, you know, it's all Pennsylvania, people don't realize Pennsylvania is an agricultural state. There's, mm-hmm. there are so many farms there and the opportunity for agriculture is just mind boggling. And you know, oh, yeah. thing down here in Florida too, it's like on my way to work every day, I passed everything I pass. I pass. It's all agricultural area that I pass. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a huge uh, opportunity. Well, here's, here's something that's pretty interesting. And you guys might laugh at this. Uh, the fields that I've been scanning are hemp fields. They're medical marijuana fields. Um, the license just became legal up in Connecticut. Uh, and, and they're growing medical marijuana. Now, here's the thing about this crop is that it's a much more high value crop than, say, corn or wheat or something like that. So, uh, you know, th- those, those farmers that are growing corn or, or um, soybeans or whatever, right, they're not going to be as valuable. So they might just go and buy a drone themselves. They might do it every month and just kind of analyze the trends. But if you've got a crop where like, let's say you lose 20% of it and you're out hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars, that's going to be a point in time where you want to bring somebody in to do scans with the drone, either weekly or biweekly so that you can jump on a problem before something actually happens. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's... I, I mean, medical, medical marijuana, I told him, uh, pay me in product. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another question for you. Okay. And, you know, and we'll, we're going to get to this video because I'm just I'm just my, my fingers itching for this one. Um, <laughs> will you be looking at getting like uh, an agricultural type of drone from DJI? Because I know they have a boatload of them. So it's interesting because a lot of the agricultural drones that they sell are purely for spraying. Okay. Um, and when, when you get into like the whole pesticide thing, there's different licenses that are involved when you want to spray chemicals. Um, it's something I'm definitely looking into. I'm, I'm barely scratching the surface right now in terms of agriculture. And these spraying drones are really interesting. They actually just released a new one uh, called the Agras T16, I believe. Um, and it's upgraded from top to bottom. It's got RTK on it. It's got uh, a little, a little like radio, radio sensor or whatever they call it on the front. So it can actually, um, it can avoid obstacles, but it's like really good. It's like much, much better than just the camera obstacle avoidance. And one thing that just totally blew my mind is that you can have a Phantom 4 RTK scan an entire field. It'll, it'll note where all of the plants are and the drone will go out and only spray the plants. Oh, so, if you, wow. so, oh, man. so if you go and you watch the product video, which it's kind of hard to find, you've got to do some digging on DJI's site. It showed a cliff with trees periodically. And this drone was going up the cliff. It was scaling the terrain perfectly, keeping the same amount of distance. And every tree it went over, it would spray. And then in between it would stop. And then it would spray and then it would stop. And if you think about it, if you've got plants or trees that are more spread out, you're saving a ton of money by not just spraying in between them. So combining that technology, it's, it's mind blowing. 
That's incredible. Well, before we get to the video, I'm gonna. Well, I haven't had a chance to welcome people. Drone Worship is here. Whizbang99 is here. FSU Grad03 is here. Um, let's see. We have um, uh, Remote Pilots Australia Aries here. Uh, Scott is Drone View is here. Mike Kinney is here. Mitch, old guy in a drone. Josh is here from Parks and Tech. Art is here. Drone Shots is here. Okay, we got we got we got this covered. Now, guys. Um, Billy, why don't you set up this video a little bit before I go ahead and, and put it on? Sure. So um, Ken came up to New York. We always kind of go back and forth. I'll go down there and we'll fly some spots and he'll come up here and we'll fly some spots. I think, though, that I've got the better spots to fly because Florida's cool, but it's just beach, 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 beach. Um, up up here in Philly, you've got like the city. We can drive to all these different places. There, there's a lot of abandoned buildings and abandoned buildings are like my favorite thing to fly. Um, so there, there's a lot of bridges, a lot of different terrain. You know, we've got a bunch of hills, mountains and stuff. So there's a ton of really cool things to fly. Um, and, and one of the places we haven't really touched is upstate New York. So as we were going up, we stopped off of the Palisades Parkway um, and we flew over the Hudson River. And then we kind of captured some of the cliffs there. The Palisades Parkway is a, an absolutely gorgeous road. Uh, and what's actually funny is when we showed up, we were flying around. Some guy pulls up and comes up to us with a radio and we're like, oh, we're about to get kicked out. But actually there was a boat race going on along the Hudson. And he said, yeah, we're getting ready to go in about 30 minutes. And they were these speed boats that were coming. I asked him, I said, what's the top speed that they're going to do? He said, oh, about 120, 140 miles an hour. So they, they come ripping down the Hudson River and I try to chase them with the Inspire 2. It wasn't even close. It's not like I was like just on their tail. It was like they were fully blowing me away, which was really cool. <laughs> Um, so we got to fly that. I, I sent the guy the footage and he was thrilled and it was cool to be able to do that. But, uh, it's, a, it's apparently a memorial, um, race for someone that died and was very influential with boat racing. So it was, it was really cool. Um, then we went even further North to Croton Dam. It's the Croton Gorge park. Uh, and I've seen some photos of this place and it looked yeah. really cool. So I said, all right, well, you know, I want to try to get this photo from a specific angle, but when we showed up and we kind of like walked out through the clearing, it was just like, I was like a kid in a candy shop. There was so many different areas to fly at. Uh, and that was one of the last spots we went to. So Ken and I probably only had like two batteries each. And I wish it was the first one because I would have drained every single battery there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bet you that's the most phot photographed dam in the world. Uh, it probably is. Yeah. I've never been there, but I've seen so many pictures of it. Yeah, It's really cool. And um, I, I guess it was built in the late 1800s. It was finished. At, I guess what like the turn of the century or whatever it's called um, and looking at that dam and seeing how much water is being blocked it's incredible to think how they even built that thing like how do you build a dam how do you block the water off and then build the dam it just I don't get it <laughs> yeah. all right well we're gonna go ahead and share this here now this is awesome I'm gonna go ahead and unmute it and then
Billy, th- that is the most dope video I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, what? you know what? That I saw that was a fake video. I've got no dislikes on it. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah, 198-0, okay? That, Come on, there's usually one or two. <laughs> why don't you tell everybody, you know, I, at first, you know, if I wouldn't have known what the title was on the video, I'd have sworn you'd have, you'd have was your Mavic 2 Pro, okay? Well, yeah, you know what? Um, and and but that that says something because the Mavic 2 Pro's camera is so good, and it's it's insane to think that they fit that one inch sensor into such a small body. Um, but the one thing, the one thing that might give it away, the Mavic 2 Pro is I came up waterfall right there. You're not able to pitch the gimbal up that high, and that's the thing yeah. with the Inspire too. Is you can look up about thirty ish degrees upwards. And without obst- without any obstructions, which is nice because if you try to fly fast with the Mavic 2, then the gimbal just shoots down. It's kind of a pain. You know, think about this. And this is what I, I want people to think about here. Okay. Not only is Billy, you know, fly- having to navigate through this, okay, which my heart is still in the back of my throat right here. <laughs> he's working the camera at the same time. Here, okay? Yeah. God, mm. just like. You you scare me. You're so good, Billy. (laughs) Thank you. Seriously, man. Thank you. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm probably going to go to bed. See what I do at night. I have my iPad. My my wife's on her phone. She's looking at videos and I'm on my iPad. I'm probably going to watch this. She said, didn't you see that before? (laughs) Yeah. How many times? Oh, about 10. (laughs) It's going to be, you know what? I want to, I really want to go back there because first of all, it's like an overcast day. I'm trying to look for like some nice crisp, sunlight um but also imagine being there surrounded by all of the leaves changing like in peak fall so i'm, I'm definitely going to try to get back out there when when the conditions are better but yeah that, that spot is so awesome to fly if anybody's in the new york area you know i was i'm four hours away from it and it was worth the drive so if you're in the area uh, it's croton dam go check it out it's it's an awesome place to fly and the maintenance guys they told me at first they were like i don't think you're allowed to fly drones in here but it's pretty cool so they're they're cool there they'll let you fly <laughs> well you know I, you know i was gonna say you know one of the things with something like that is you know i saw well i saw ken's video earlier okay i gotta ask you a question okay with ken's video <laughs> he got locked in the bathroom so uh <laughs> We, we went to go eat at this spot and um, they've, got, they've got great food. It's a little shack, like right off the side of the road, but they've got amazing food. And um, you go up, you place your order. We went up, we ordered, and then Ken's like, all right, I'm going to use the bathroom. So he goes in there. We were with this other guy. His name is Brian. He lives in the area. And we get together whenever I'm up in New York. And um, we're sitting there and he's like, oh, I'm going to use the bathroom once Ken is done. And I begin to see the handle jiggle, right? Like the handle's going up and down. Like, oh, Brian, he's coming out of the bathroom. Go ahead. You can, you can use the bathroom. And he walks over. And as he's walking over, the handle starts jiggling a little faster. Like Ken can't get out and he's panicking. So the handle is going up and down really, really fast. <laughs> so, so I start laughing and I'm kind of like looking from a distance and I'm laughing. I'm laughing. So I finally go over there and I'm like, yo, Ken, you're all right. And he goes, yeah, I'm stuck. And I said, well, try just climbing out the window. And the window was totally blocked by like an air conditioning unit. So he couldn't do that. And the owner finally came up and just kicked the door in. <laughs> he had to. Like Ken, Ken would have been stuck in there. And the guy was like, all right, back away from the door. And then he kicked it in. And I wanted to do the same thing, but I didn't want to like kick it in and then have to be responsible for fixing it. But the manager came in and just plowed it down. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just was cracking up because I knew I'm like, okay, this isn't what the video is about, but I mean, it was just one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I was just crazy about that. Look, came up I, go ahead, go ahead. I, I love Ken to death, but he, whenever he's in a situation, he just panics so heavily. Like I remember the one time we were going to the airport and, uh, he, um, he was like going to miss his flight. Like we were late and stuck in traffic. He was like, oh my God, I'm going to miss my flight. He's on his phone. He's finding a new flight. He's calling his wife. He's like, look, I'm going to be home late. Like I got to find a new flight. Like he's just going crazy. And he gets to the airport on time and he's able to get on the plane. But I'm sitting there. He's stuck inside of this small little bathroom. I can only imagine how much he's panicking. <laughs> <laughs> so, was, was there any thought of just leaving him there? <laughs> uh, yeah i mean look that was that was just one more that was one more charger freed up inside of the car that i could have been charging my batteries off of. so you know i, I kind of thought to myself look he'll, he'll be left at a little burger joint and he can eat i'll pick him up on the way back <laughs> <laughs> i had a question came up in the chat and this is something that i i know i know i, I love to bring this up because i know billy you heard it and i heard it when we went to the um see the bigger picture event they announced it mm -hmm. during the event they said well you know you will have you know dji will provide an option to be able to switch out the cameras between yeah. the zoom and the pro there's never been anything on that i know and it's it, it's interesting the only thing that i've seen on it um is people online on youtube actually taking it apart and it seems to be pretty easy um, you know, it's, it seems like it's a couple of screws you got to take off. You can take off the gimbal assembly and then you can put it back on. Uh, I don't think I would do it myself. Um, I don't know if, if, you know, if you're flying a Mavic 2 Pro and somehow you get a hold of just the camera on the zoom and, and you put the zoom on there, will the DJI Go app even give you the function to zoom the camera? Like, like, is it, is it in the coding because you have a Mavic 2 Pro? I really don't know. And it's kind of crazy. I mean, they actually harped on that a lot in their presentation they talked about it for probably a good two or three minutes. Yeah. Um, it was on a couple of different slides. So you would have expected it to be available almost like right then and there. You could have done it right out of the gate if you wanted to. doesn't make sense. Hey, well, you so know, we have in the chat, we've got Parks and Tech, and he does that all the time. He bought, I can't remember if he had the Zoom and he brought the Pro camera or the other way around. Uh, but he literally says it takes him about five minutes to switch the camera now. Yeah, yeah, Lauren also says he's done a few, or he or she has done a few, um, and it takes about ten minutes to switch. So, yeah, and and, and I, I'll, it was it's like you said, Billy. It's nothing I would ever attempt, but uh, the guys that do it seem to have it down. So, yeah, and you know what? Um, I think I, I really, I really think that with DJI in the future, we're not going to see anything until 2020 because that's when they're dedicated to implementing. Um, uh, air sense or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't think we'll see anything new from them until the new year turns around, but I know that they said in a, in a interview, one of, one of their reps said that they were dedicated to providing modular systems and we see high end modular systems, but why leave out these smaller drones? I mean, even if it was a simple swap and if I could go on there and buy a camera, do you know how many simple, like, like single camera assemblies they'd sell? They would just be able to make so much more money. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, make, that so, makes a whole lot of sense. You know, well, the one thing that I did hear is that it airworks that they are going to be coming out with a commercial, some type of commercial drone. It would, it would be it, interesting. What mm -hmm. it is, I don't know if it's going to be like a Matrice or, you know, uh, 
you know, to build upon that or, or something else. I don't know, but this is what, and it makes perfect sense because that's a commercial drone conference. That's what Airworks is. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, and you know what? I, I feel like I see a ton of these different drones out there. Um, and I feel like DJI has just been so focused on their Matrice lineup. I'm surprised that they don't branch out and expand and try to make different versions and variations of drones. Um, Bill, when you have the time, Bill, Marcus, and anybody in here, when you have the time, go and check out the brand new Alta drone. It's a, it's a brand new drone. It's a, it's a cinema drone. So you mount like red cameras underneath, or you can, you can mount really big cinema cameras underneath. Um, and it looks incredible. It, it looks like it, it totally blows anything that DJI makes out of the water. They're spreading wings, they're old drones to inspire. This drone, they said they got up to a maximum speed of 88 miles per hour, and there was no vibrations or shaking in the drone. So you can fly at that 88 miles an hour, and it's probably wow. about the size of a, of a maybe maybe bigger than than a Matrice, uh, probably more on the airframe of like an M600 Matrice, but probably wow. smaller than that. Um, and it's, it looks incredible. So when you guys have the time, go and check it out. That, that drone looks like the one to get if you're going to be shooting movies. You know, I just saw I just, that came across on my timeline on Twitter today. I just saw that you, that mm -hmm. you brought that up. I'm definitely going to check something like that out. I mean, you know, and one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, and I know, you know, Marcus has, has given us some updates on his spreadsheet, and he's been taking um, tracking things as far as DJI is concerned. You know, this whole, the whole thing, the whole cycle thing, and let's call it, if you will, since 2013, you know, it really hasn't fit a logical pattern, but it's like every few months, DJI is coming out with some kind of a drone release, okay? You know, it's like, okay, and, you know, and it, it's the old thing. It's like the old Pavlov's dog thing, you know? It's like, you ring a bell, the dog's going to come and get the food, all right? Well, you know, DJI, you know, we're conditioned, we were conditioned, let's say every four or five months that they're coming out with some type of a drone. And then this year, mm -hmm. it's been like a dead silence. Dead. I mean, you know, and, and people are just like, you know, because I think you've noticed it too. All right. And, and I've noticed this generally across the board, you know, our videos are still doing well, but not as well as a year when they've had a drone come out. Would, would you kind of, would you tend to agree with something like that? I, I do agree. I mean, I, I miss there being a new drone and being able to create content. And there's also a real big spike on the channel. Like, I feel like not only does it bring more people to my channel and other people's channels, uh, but also it just, it just makes people who haven't flown drones before more interested. So the community continues to get bigger and bigger, bigger, but if anything right now, I feel like it's almost shrinking because people might say, well, Oh, restrictions are too, are too uh, heavy. I'm, I'm not going to be uh, flying my drone anymore. I'm going to sell it or whatever. Um, so I don't know. It, it does, it does kind of suck. Uh, and I have noticed like in terms of analytics that like the views and subscribers and whatever are going down, like, like it's not that I'm losing, but it's just like the daily count is going down because there's not much new to talk about. It's like what I did with Ken doing these flight videos. That's one of the only things that I can think of right now to be doing other than, I mean, what, they're, they're, everything under the sun has been covered about the Mavic 2. Okay. Um, I, I feel like I've almost got to go out of the way and, and buy these new drones. Like, for example, the Peridonafi, when I picked that up, that's been a really nice, fresh thing to add on. Something that is totally unrelated, but um, Brad Hendo just said in the uh, – in the chat, he said, are you guys excited to find out more about the Skydio 2, possibly a remote included? Um, 
you know, that's, that seems to be the only thing to look forward to right now. I don't know what else is going to be on the horizon. Uh, you know, we did just get the Mantis G from unique, but that unique, I, I'm really not all that, uh, all that big on it. Um, but Skydio 2, the, the new drone from them could be awesome. The tech in those drones are great. If a remote is included, that would be even better. But the biggest thing about it is the camera. Like that that really wide angle uh, camera that they had on that drone just doesn't make it good for cinematic video and, and yeah. high resolution photos. And that's what I buy these drones for. So if it's still going to be the same like selfie type of drone where it follows you and it's got a really wide angle camera on it, it's just not going to be for me. You know, it kind of the, the camera and, and, you know, and I'm just going to make it real simple camera to me, kind of uh, paraphrasing. It's kind of like a mounting a GoPro camera on it. OK, yep. because it has yeah. that wide angle. And I love, love the view. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the cinematic view that people are looking for. You know, especially I agree. You know, whenever you're doing a cinematic video or Ken's doing one, you know, or if I try one, you know, I'm not looking for that. Okay. I want to get a tight shot. I want to get things in the frame. Okay. And with that's not going to happen with that. It just, it just, it just won't Mm -hmm. happen. So, you know, well, and with the Inspire 2, I've got the X4S camera. And the real reason I upgraded to the Inspire 2 was just for the better speed, the camera, um, the camera range, the gimbal range. Um, but the X4S has that has that fixed focal length. I mean, you can't add a lens to it. You can't zoom on it. But I've been looking at these other cameras that are made for the Inspire 2 and being able to put like a 50 millimeter lens on there and really zoom in. I mean, you could be 100 feet away from something and that thing's going to look like it's right on your doorstep, uh, especially compared to the cameras that we have right now. So that's something I'd love to do because that just adds a whole different dynamic to aerial cinematography. So would you be looking at possibly, you know, getting getting that camera for your Inspire 2? Definitely, but probably not anytime soon. Uh, I, I even think that, look, the Inspire 2, um, it's, it's as old as the Phantom 4 Pro, the first one. Uh, and you've got to think that they're going to be implementing some sort of update to it, whether it be a version 2, like an Inspire 2 version 2. Um, you know, so, so I'm waiting because when they jumped from the Inspire 1 to the Inspire 2, then all of those cameras weren't compatible. So then if there's like an Inspire 3 coming out in a year and I buy this camera, which is after it's all said and done about $6,000, I'm going to be pretty pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> thought so with something like that. So, I mean, yeah, but yeah, I, I think, and I think the other thing with the Skydio 2 and like Ken and I, we, we talked about this last week was. You know, the Skydio one was like, what, $2,800? I mean, that was just, yeah, that's unreachable for most people. Look, and I, I understand, I guess, what they want to, they want to boost the price up because of the technology inside of it. They need to cover their, um, their research and their development. Uh, they need to cover, you know, it's, it's their first drones. They need to try to make their money back. And did they? Maybe. Hopefully this new drone coming out is a little less expensive because they can take some of the tech from that first Skydio drone, put it into their new drone, and then maybe it saves a little bit on the cost for us as the consumer because $2,800, you can almost buy, well, now with the price increases, you can buy like one and a half Mavic 2 Pros, but at the original price point, you could have bought like two of them for the price of that one Skydio, which is a no-brainer. I know Marcus told me before um, uh, before you got on tonight, he was telling me, you know, he's been keeping a great spreadsheet of things. And he said the Mavic Pro Platinum has gone up just the, not a not a, you know, just the package by itself. Eleven hundred dollars. OK, um, you know, with all the you know, the price increases and availability. I mean, I was just I was kind of amazed to hear that a drone that old and that technology 
it's they they're they're still increasing prices. Of course, it's you know that tariff thing is just a mess, right? It really is a mess, and I don't. I, I think that when it was originally released, the Mavic Pro Platinum was actually ten ninety nine, but they were selling that alongside the original Mavic Pro. So those two drones were like the compact, foldable consumer drones that everybody wanted. So they sold both of them. If you wanted the upgraded ESCs and the new props and the new paint job, you paid the extra hundred dollars. But now that has replaced the original Mavic Pro, and I saw it for as low as seven ninety nine. So to hear that it's back up to ten ninety nine. That's crazy because that drone is two years old. That is one of the things I want. One of the other things I wanted to talk about. I don't know where Marcus went to, and I wanted to get his input on this as well too. Is you're in Ken's podcast. I absolutely love what you guys are doing with that. That format is it's perfect. You know, Thank and, you. and I know from doing an audio only one, it is so much easier. Ugh. It's it's look, video is half the battle, um, and being able to just talk in the mic, you don't have to worry about lighting, you don't have to. We don't have to transfer files back and forth. It really is a breeze. It's nice. Um, and, and I think that's how a podcast is supposed to be. We actually dropped the ball. We didn't upload any last week. Both and I, both him and I were so big at it this week. Um, and you know what? In terms of, in terms of uh, podcasts, I listen to them all the time. Like I, like I drive around and I'm listening to a podcast or I'm walking to class. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing work around the apartment of the house. I'm listening to a podcast with my, with my AirPods in all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, and, and I really like your guys' content. I mean, see, that's something I think it, it provides so much more flexibility in terms of what you can do with content, because a lot of times, you know, you can't really, you know, you can't show this kind of graphic or you can't do this kind of a thing with a podcast. You can cover so much more ground, I think. Exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, if, if you think about it, a video, if it goes anything over like 15 minutes at that point in time, somebody look at it and say, all right, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch it and see if it's worth my 15 minutes. But when you jump into a podcast, you're expecting something that's going to be an hour. So it allows you to go a lot more in depth because if you're trying to cover a very broad topic in you know, an eight minute YouTube video, you're definitely going to have to skip over some of the details. Whereas you can go into the nitty gritty with the podcast. And it, it's cool because it sparks a conversation, just like your live stream right now, we're able to go back and forth and talk and chat. It's not like we're, uh, it's not like we're restricted to eight minutes and we've got to try to cram all the information in. Yeah. I thought one of the things, um, Marcus is rejoining us. Did you drop okay, Marcus? I I saw he left. <laughs> yeah, I, I lost uh, internet there for a second. It was pretty uh -oh. okay. Well, well, glad you're back. I wanted you to go ahead, you know, um, and talk a little bit about the spreadsheet. What Billy and I touched upon a little bit. Well, why don't you kind of give us an update on where things are with that? Yeah, yeah. You want me to put it up on the screen? Absolutely. Please do. Yep, so, yep. what is this? What is the spreadsheet track? Well, I'm just tracking uh, the the DJI and and. Uh, the availability of the consumer drones and the price changes. Gotcha. I, it's, it's pretty darn simple, really. Let me know when you can see it. It's got, there yeah, we go. I've got it here. Okay, so some recent changes here. Let's start at the very top. The Mavic 2 Zoom is available again as, as new. Uh, and that, uh, when I looked at it a week ago, was not available as well as the Mavic 2 Zoom with Smart Controller became available again. And when I looked at it a week ago, those were not there. So I'm just looking at the changes here, Bill. Uh, and then, then the other change that I saw today 
was the Mavic Pro Platinum. They finally got around to raising the price on that. 150 bucks for the Platinum. It's 11.49 now. Wow. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. And the Fly More Combo. Hey, 1,500 bucks, boys. Uh, they oh. Two hundred dollars. And then, uh, and then the Platinum last week was not available as a refurb, and it is now at 839 bucks. You remember about. You know, before uh, in in August, what was that? It was six hundred and eighty nine dollars, I think, or maybe even less than that for the Mavic Pro Platinum. Anyway, it, or seven twenty nine. I guess I had it right there. Anyway, it's gone up quite a bit. So, so the, so in, you know, the red, nothing else has changed. There are no. You cannot buy a Spark anymore from DJI. Uh, if you want a new Spark, you're going to have to buy it from a reseller. DJI doesn't sell them. And, and the whole Phantom line are just unavailable. Although, as Bill, as you reported, the V2.0 actually shows on the website again. They took it completely off the website for a couple of days, and now it's back. Uh, but <laughs> they haven't been available to sell. And they did raise the price significantly. Uh, so anyway, uh, there, there you have it. What my concern is, a Mavic... Two Pro with smart controller now is twenty two hundred bucks. And how many people are they pricing out of the market? That's the concern. And I'm not blaming it all on DJI. There's a lot of reasons I know with the tariffs and other things. But but to what we were talking about earlier with excitement about the hobby, this does not help. I see. Um, Scotta drone views says Scotta's drone view says. Um, do you think the changes are because of them sorting out the fraud things with the vendors? I don't think so. I think it has to do with tariffs. And I think that they actually confirmed that through Twitter, that because of the recent tariffs, they're increasing the prices. But for them to be increasing the prices on products that are two years old, over two years old, it doesn't make sense because look, their profit margin on some of these drones, even the older ones are probably pretty high. Um, and and for, them to, for them to basically raised the price on those older drones is almost like an F you to the, to the consumer, in my opinion. Um, just like you said, how many people are they pricing out of the market? $2,100 for a Mavic 2 Pro with a smart controller. Um, you know, th there was already a pretty big barrier to entry and that barrier to entry is just getting higher. That, that's if you want to go with DJI, but look, there are a bunch of other, a bunch of other uh, options. We were just talking about the Parrot. I'll tell Evo, even though the Evo is going up in price a little bit, um, it's not it's not nearly as expensive as the drones that DJI is selling. Um, but man, you know what? If there was if there was like a really quality American company that came in and made a drone, um, you know, made in America, do you know how many people would jump on that? I mean, that's the biggest thing about DJI is that they're a Chinese company, and everybody's like, oh, well, I don't want to fly that. China crap. I don't want them knowing my location, whatever. There, there's an infinite amount of things that people can say. Um, if there was an American drone coming that came in, they would kick some ass. You're right. You're 100% right. I mean, that's, I mean, they, and you they know, would, people would, they would fly off the shelves, Billy. Oh, yeah. They would, they would clean up the market. I mean, I don't, I don't know who I could see doing that, whether it's a brand new company that comes from the woodworks and starts making these incredible drones. And over two years, they're, They've made so much progress that they're up to the level of DJI and where they're at right now. Um, or, or maybe if it's already like an established company. I mean, 
uh, have you heard of like Apple making a drone? Like people are like, oh, look at the brand new Apple drone or whatever. Like, look, Apple would never get into the drone market. Apple would get into the car market before they started building drones. Yeah. And, and, and I've heard a ton of rumors about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, look, if an American company came in, they would seriously do some damage on DJI, especially because I'm sure that America is their biggest market. And for them to take away a chunk of their biggest market, that, that could see, and that not only would it help with prices, but it would help with innovation because if there's a company that is knocking on DJI's doorstep, that just means that DJI will come out with the Mavic 3 and the Mavic 4 even faster and we'll see better drones from both sides. I mean, that's what we need. That, that, that yeah. would be our saving grace as a better drone company. That's healthy. That's healthy competition. Comp, you know, free market, the free market system really does work and it works well. It's just, you know, right now, you know, it, it's like... When, when you're looking at those kind of drones, you know, there's only one one name in town. I mean, there's only one, as I said, there's only one sheriff in town kind of a thing. Wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other type of drones here. You know, I know Marcus and Ron, um, you know, I know, um, you know, they both have the Hubson Zeno. Zeno um, Nation. <laughs> Nation. There you go. Um, Marcus has the Femi X8. Um, you know, those are, to me, they're not toy drones and they're not DJI level drones. They're kind of like kind of like fit in the middle. Well, look, we've got consumer drones, we've got professional drones, we've got the prosumer drones. So what are what what do we call like between consumer and toy? What is that? Uh, yeah, consumer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, the Zeno, it's just barely above a toy. Let's let's face it. I mean, it, it it you can't call it a toy drone, but it's not much more than that. Uh, but it's still a ton of fun to fly. The one that's probably more competition is that Phoebe X8SE, and it had a pretty rough start, but they're getting that thing refined pretty good. I would put it on the level of maybe the original. Well, not not quite, I guess, but it's approaching the level of the original Mavic 4. Or, or Ma pardon me, Mavic <laughs> Pro, I meant to say. <laughs> Phantom 4, Mavic Pro, whatever. Yeah, I know. I sold we my Phantom today so I, yeah, yeah. you know what two two things first of all i feel like the phantom four is like an ex-girlfriend that you hate but also won't leave you alone at the same time <laughs> it's like it's like it keeps it keeps <laughs> it keeps coming it keeps coming onto the store it keeps going away like when it comes you're like oh god it's it's so expensive why do they even sell this anymore but then once they take it off, everybody's like, where did the Phantom go? I still want to be able to buy this. <laughs> you, you forgot one thing. It keeps asking you for money, too. <laughs> and it, now it's asking you for even more money. Um, but uh, Scotta also said, but one cup, what company wants to do that and is willing to challenge DJI? Look, if I had the smarts about how to build a drone, I would do it right now. I would track down investors. I, I, I mean, look, there's a pretty good pitch for it. The tariffs are making people turn away from DJI, uh, knowing knowing the drone market, knowing how many people hate buying from China and, and would love to support an American company. Those are the only two things you need. If you sold a drone that was $1,000 and it was good, like it was really good, it's a home run. Oh, yeah. And, well, you know, the technology is out there. And see, that's the thing I think a lot of people don't don't really get, okay? You know, what? none of this is is like, so proprietary it's so you know not available okay because 
you know, you look at like Skydio starting up, which is probably a good example. You know, mm-hmm. they're taking something from the ground up. And, you know, to be able to do this kind of stuff, it's not this isn't this isn't like rocket science here. This isn't like trying to build build a rocket and go to Mars like our buddy Elon's trying to do. OK, this, <laughs> this is just I mean, this stuff's been around for a while. It's not you know, they're not really, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to use the words. They're not really they're, they're breaking new ground. But in a way, they're not really breaking new ground. You know what I'm saying? So, well, look. so Skydio is backed by Intel, which is a which which gives me okay. a lot of hope uh, for what they might come up with. That anyway. you're that's a good point, Marcus. Yeah. That is great. That, that's a great point. Um, I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I think that Skydio is 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 a really great. It's it's a really great glimmer of hope for the future. I really can't wait to see the Skydio too. Um, I I hope that they hype it up. I know that they've already started. I know that they're saying like thinking of buying a drone wait, that's like their, their, their tagline or whatever. Um, but uh, I, I hope that they hype this up. I hope they have a huge event for it. I hope that it is priced. Well, I hope that it is, I, I just, I can't wait for it. I, honestly, I barely even thought about it before coming on this show, but now that we've been talking, I've gotten so excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. You know, cause I saw that one, vi- uh, that picture that, Hey, Kestel we put out on drone DJ and it showed the guy with a remote and you know, that really, I think that really piqued a lot of people's interest when, when that got out there, because you know, the whole idea of an autonomous drone sounds cool, but you know what? Okay. We all, you know, the three of us, and I know multiply that times X, how, how many, you know, we want to have a controller in our hands. I mean, really mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, when they release the Spark, the Mavic Air, even the original Mavic Pro, you can slide around with your phone. You don't want a touch screen. You don't want to use your phone. Like, yeah, okay, no. it saves a little bit of cost, but I'm going to spend an extra $200, $250 to get a nice remote. Just give me some sticks. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, totally. Agree. Billy, I got, you know, and we're kind of going to try and kind of change gears here a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about part 107s, okay? Okay. And I know, you know, Last year when we had had the meetup down here in Tampa, um, you know, you and Ken, you know, jumped on the bandwagon, got your got your part 107s and everything. <laughs> the bandwagon. The bandwagon, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I wanted to wanted to revisit hey, hey, this bandwagon. year. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, Bill. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want I wanted to get get your take on it now. You know, I know both you and Ken, especially and I I know Ken is probably thinking going full time, maybe some point in the future. He's talking his, about it. He's doing exceptional work. I mean, I can't, I can't say that enough. And I told his, him that. his, his work is great. And he's, you know what? He's improved tenfold. Oh and yeah. It's, it's awesome to see when he's first started out. So what are your thoughts now? You know, um, as far as let's say hobbyists are concerned, should you get your part 107? Should you not get your part 107? Look, I think that ever since they instituted uh, Lank, Lance, whatever you want to call it, I think that it's a home run for hobbyists now because it's an easier way to, to be able to, um, to fly in these controlled airspaces. But here's the thing. Some of these airspaces don't have Lank set up yet. So I don't know. I mean, what, even when I'm flying in New York, right, there's a little area that I fly from, uh, the Colgate Clock, you can fly from from right there and fly over the Hudson River and get some really great shots. But if you want to fly anywhere else, even like JFK, and, and there's another airport right there that on Kitty Hawk is totally grayed out. You can't even request authorization because 
they don't accept it. Um, but the, and that's a bummer for not only the the hobbyist pilots but also the um, part 107 pilots. So look, if you're having fun and if you're flying your drone around, there's really no need to get it. But if you really want to get serious and start a drone business, then of course you're going to need to get it. Um, and I, I don't mean to change your your topic here, but on the topic of the 107, right? Uh, I, I was shooting a house. Um, there's an older photographer I work with and he, he hires out drone pilots just because he, he's, he's a little bit older and he just does the photos and he doesn't really want to get into the whole drone flying. Um, but, you know, he said, here's the address. Can you make sure that we're able to fly? And it was inside of the Philadelphia International Airport airspace. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm right on the edge of this. I see no planes near me whatsoever. And it's somehow an issue that I'm flying in controlled airspace under like a hundred feet to shoot photos of a house. It just, it, it blows my mind that they try to classify these drones as something that are so much bigger than they actually are. Like the FAA is, is making these drones seem like they are 10 times their size flying through the sky at hundreds of miles an hour when they're not. Well, you know, most people, and see, here's the connotation, okay? And, and, and I've heard this before. Most people have two images of a drone in their mind, okay? The iconic Phantom 4 image kind of a thing. Yep. And the other one is the drones that the military uses, okay? Yeah, the, uh, the Reaper the drones. That people think. And people think when you hear the word drone, you think of one of those two. And people equate, sometimes they're thinking more of the military-style drone. And, you know, and it's just like, it's education. I mean, people just, just don't get it. One of the other things with the Part 107 I, w- I wanted to touch on, okay, and I just did a podcast on um, what the FAA could learn from the FCC. I am a licensed ham radio operator. Okay. I okay. have three levels of licenses. I have the highest tier, which is called an amateur extra. It costs $15 to take each test. Okay. And tests That's are really cheap. Yeah. Tests are administered by local ham radio organizations, usually like at a public library or church or something like that. And they're, 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 what they do is they have a pool of questions and you know, the pool of questions that they're going to ask, like the first two exams ask a total, I believe it's 30 questions on each one. And the last one asks 50 questions. All right. And you have to get the same thing. It's like about 70% to pass just Mm -hmm. like, just like that. But where it, where it's different is this. Okay. Um, It was about a hundred dollars to get a course to study for it. And what was nice was they rotated the questions in and out that were actually on the exam. So every time you took a practice one, it kind of rotated them, which was great. Gotcha. I love that, okay? Now, the other thing that I really like is this. I passed and I got my amateur extra back in 2015. It is good for 10 years. Okay? Wow. All right. And listen to this. You know how much it's going to cost me to renew it? Zero. Makes sense. Zero. That's what it okay? should be. And, you know, and it's the same thing. The, the FAA, I can't tell you how many pilots I've had send me emails, private pilots, saying, number one, most if not all those questions on the exam are on the private pilot's exam, which, yeah. And, and number two, he said $150 every two years, it's just nothing but a money grab by the FAA. Yeah. And I have, I have people ask me all the time. They're like, Oh, Hey, is that thing easy to fly? I'm like, yeah, you know, you get a, you get a hang of it under a day. There's a lot of things to learn, but you'll be able to fly it. But the biggest barrier is the test you have to take from the FAA. If you want to make money off of this thing, you gotta, you gotta learn almost probably 25%. I'm not even going to give it that much credit, but you've got to learn a lot about what it takes to fly a real plane, not in terms of like actual flying it, but the logistics that go into it, like the radio frequencies, the the uh, METARs or whatever, the the sectional charts. And you know what? 
I took I took that test. Uh, it's coming up on a year ago now, and I can tell you that nothing on that test has prepared me for flying a drone. It's oh, been yeah. it, it's been the information I've learned online. It's been information that I've learned from like handbooks and stuff like that. It's it, that test is no way involved with flying drones. Well, I had um, Ian Tickner and Ian, forgive me if I mispronounce your name. He's from over in the UK and he runs a drone school over there. Okay. Okay. I had him on on a Sunday afternoon. Kind of really was very eye-opening because over there, in order to get your equivalent of your Part 107, you, you take your, your exam like this, but you also have to practice, have to pass a practical exam, meaning like a hands-on, fly your drone, show an instructor, you know what you're doing kind of. It wow. Is. You know, and, and I am so in favor of that because, you know, it, it's like you can have the book smarts. You can, you can be able to do that. But unless you have piloting skills, you know, you don't want people to, you know, if you're in business, you don't want somebody out there that, oh, oops. And next thing you know, the drone is either is either crashed against the wall or is in the is in the river or something, you know, mm-hmm. I, I got a question for both you guys. So, you know, the recently we had that deal in Saudi Arabia that the their oil fields got, quote, bombed by drones. So people that don't know anything about drones, yeah, so they blew up their whole, 10% of the world's oil supply got. Wow, I didn't know that. days ago, and it was a drone attack. But people have been asking me, hey, are the kind of drones that you fly, could, could they do that? And I keep telling them, no, they don't have that no kind way. of thing. But that's They're... the public perception that they think that that drone can be that destructive, and it, and it cannot. From what I've seen, they I, I've seen like um, ISIS and the Taliban or whatever. I see those small those small forces using these DJI drones. They literally rip the camera off of the bottom and they rig up like a little explosive thing under it or whatever. But with that, we're talking like little hand grenades, if that. I mean, the explosives are so small. Um, you would need something so much larger to do that. Just like what Bill was talking about, the Reaper drone. You would literally need a military drone to do something yeah. like that. Exactly. Plus, you'd have to be, they don't have the range that you think of. When you think of what it would take to do that kind of damage, you're going to want to be 100 miles away. You're not going to exactly. want to be a mile or two miles away. Because <laughs> you're, you're getting your ass blown up. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, before we go tonight, I want to I wanna say, um, I want to give a shout out to Art. Art has just passed 1,000 subscribers. Art, well That's done. That's awesome. Congratulations. You have earned it. You, you, you are, have been a faithful member of the drone community. You're doing great things. Keep up the great things. Glad you're going to spin up as well. So uh, I wanted to, wanted to make sure that we mentioned that tonight. So I um, wanted to go ahead and get some closing thoughts. I'll start with, I'll start with, with Marcus and then Billy, and then I'll yeah, go yeah. ahead and finish out. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a, a, a whole lot to say, Bill, other than uh, great conversation. Uh, you know, Billy, when you're on, it's always uh, always interesting stuff. And Thank you. I, I hate to admit it, I have not watched your video yet, but it's the <laughs> first thing I'm going to do. Awesome, thank you. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's about all I got. And oh, I, I do want to say, I did sell my Phantom 4. Can we have a moment of silence? Uh, but uh, we're waiting for something new from DJI. He got rid of the ex-girlfriend. The ex-girlfriend <laughs> forever. Yeah. So why did you sell it? If, if you don't mind me asking, why'd you sell it? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't flying it. And, and yep. I, I've got other drones that I'm flying. <clears throat> and also in anticipation 
of uh, whatever else is going to come down the pike from A, Skydio, hopefully, or potentially DJI. You know, um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a hoarder, like a technology collector. I love collecting stuff. Uh, and, and I sold my first Phantom 4, like the first drone I ever had. And man, do I wish I still had that drone. Like, would I fly it? No, but it would just be cool knowing that I still had that very first drone. Um, and I've still got the Spark laying around and like the Mavic Air. And do they get flown all that often? No, but I'm still going to keep them. I mean, could I turn a couple thousand dollars selling all the drones that I don't fly? Yes, but to me, they're like collector's pieces. They're like, like if, if I look back in 20 years and I still see that Spark, it's going to be pretty cool. Like Being able to see the Spark next to whatever we have in 20 years, it's, it's going to be awesome. If I'm alive in 20 years, I'll be happy. <laughs> well, of course you'll be alive, Marcus. Don't worry about that. I want to have some closing thoughts from you. Um, well, I thought it was a really great conversation. We touched on a lot. I think the coolest thing that we talked about was um, how much these mobile devices play a part in how much we fly, right? Uh, you know, I, I've got a video coming up on the iPad. I think my second most viewed video is on the iPad mini four. And, um, you know, e even though I post a ton of drone stuff, being able to talk about other technology is really important because there's so many other things that really have a factor on how we fly our drones. And we wouldn't even really know it. I mean, even as we begin to talk about camera technology obviously all of that camera tech will then trickle down to what we have in the drones um i mean there's so many different things that you can talk about you can even talk about uh like for example sd cards right i mean there's so many things that really do have, have a big impact on flying drones um Speaking of SD cards, the one thing I want to see from drone manufacturers going forward is two micro SD card slots because I can't tell you how many times I've lost footage off of the SD card for some reason. I, I lost one of the SD cards. I wish I had another in the drone backing up all the footage. So that's something I'd love to see. I would even love with DJI how they have the integrated storage, being able to just fill up eight gigs of photos on there um, you know, from like a small shoot and have two copies of it. I would love that. Raid. That's a that's an excellent excellent idea. Well, I, you know, first thing I want to say, and I think Billy probably probably gets sick of me, me saying this. The one thing I'm very jealous of about Billy is his age. Okay, <laughs> um, you know, you know, to, to be to be your age, to be able, you know, to be a senior in college, and with all this emerging technology that is out, it's just like it is just it's mind blowing. And, and I just think that's just absolutely positively incredible. And, and as always, you know, one of the things. That, that I think I admire about you, and Ken and I talked about this, is, is your, your work ethic, okay? And Thank I think you. a lot of people don't see that. I mean, see it, but don't see it, okay? You know, Ken and I were talking about this, and it's just like, you know, when, when he and I and Valerie went, were, were flying that one weekend about how meticulous you are about your shots. <laughs> just, you know, he said maybe it drives him just a tad yeah, bit nuts a little bit. But Yeah, he was throwing a little bit of shade there. Let's <laughs> Look, I'm so OCD to the point where like right now I like I do this every single week. I tear apart my backpack. I charge everything. I make sure everything is working. Like I'm, I'm so OCD um, and it's like a gift and a curse because I feel like everything that I put out is like, you know, my 110% effort and it's the best that I can do. But at the same time, I feel like I catch myself working on something for way too long. Uh, like, like I'll do like a real estate shoot and I spend hours working on the photos when I'm not getting paid for hours worth of work, you know? So it's, it's a blessing and a curse. 
<laughs> but no, you know, and, and I have to say this. One of the things that I that I first saw about your channel that I really liked was, I mean, you excel in all areas, but I mean, when when you're doing those, um, you know, those tutorial videos, I mean, you really, you know, your attention to detail is the reason you get hundreds of thousands of views on those because you know people want that. That's the kind of that's the kind of videos people want to see. Okay, people don't mm -hmm. want to see fluff. You know, people want to see the cinematic, and the cinematic is great, and I absolutely love that. But boy, oh boy, you know, the first thing that I want to know of when I get a drone, I want to go. I'm going to go out to YouTube, and I'm going to find a video on how to do it. For example, you know, when I when I got my Mavic Pro, the first video that I saw was I saw one of yours, and I also saw one of Ed Rickers too. And mm -hmm. I bounced back and forth between your guys' videos, and that's how I learned the Mavic Pro, the original Mavic Pro was watching your videos and I think that there's some there's a lot to be said for that and I think you know and I think that's the reason I, I wanted to get started in this too is is not for the fluff but just to get things out there because you know bottom line is you know the more we're sitting at our desk or in front of a camera the less we're flying our drone okay mm -hmm. and, and and I think and I, and I know Marcus can can answer in the affirmative of that as well that's what I want and I think that's what you, all of us want to be able to enable all of our viewers to be able to get out there and fly. I mean, you know, we exactly. don't want you sitting there watching our, you know, consume our content, please. But we want you to be able to get out and enjoy yourselves. Exactly. Yeah. And that, thank you, Bill. And you know, it's funny uh, when, when the Mavic Pro first came out, I saw Ed Ricker posting those videos too. And I was like, man, who's this guy? And I feel like when that drone came out, uh, I speak for myself here, but the drone community wasn't as established. And the Mavic Pro, man, yeah. even in like recent years, we're all so interconnected now. Like I remember when I first started making videos, I was like, all right, well, I'll post a few videos here and there and whatever. But now I feel like not only myself, but everybody is so interconnected through like a web and we're all talking back and forth on Twitter and Instagram or whatever. And it's really awesome to see some of these events come together that DJI puts on and we can all meet each other face to face, but also Kelly with SpinUp, being able to host an event like that, it just, it, it progresses the drone community further exponentially, even more than a brand new drone coming out, being able to meet up with people, it just accelerates everything so much. And I love that. It's so awesome. It, it sure does. Well, you know, I'm going to close, close up shop tonight. Um, wanted to get you guys clued in first Saturday night in October at 10 o'clock circle that on your calendars. I'm not going to tell you any more about that. I know Marcus knows about it. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to, to, to doing that and I'll, and I'll get Billy clued in on that as well. Um, again, you know, I drop links in the description for Billy's channel and you got to check out that video. <laughs> just, I mean, watch it 10 times like I did because Billy probably has 10 views from me on that video alone. Yeah, please keep viewing it. <laughs> it, it real, seriously, it's really, it's really worth it. And probably you guys ought to check out that place. Well, as always, Thank thanks everyone so much again for tuning in tonight. And remember, it's a great day to fly. Take care, everybody. See you guys. Bye. Oh.